Hello, and welcome to the Retro Lovely Podcast. My name is Michael Ban. I am your host. Expect tons here of all things retro lovely, photography, and a whole lot more. I'm afraid there's going to be a whole lot more. You are listening to episode number one. This interview is the audio taken from a video where I sat down face-to-face with Josephine Kenny of Franny Info just after a shoot we did at the fabulous Roxbury Motel in the Catskills of New York. She's an accomplished photographer, a model, and one of the best people I know. This interview is just about an hour in length, but it's worth the time. I'm sitting here with Josephine of Franny Info. Hi. Uh, you always use you always say Josephine of Franny Info. Do you ever like tell people your last name or you just go Josephine of Franny Info? People don't usually ask. Okay, so it's Josephine so it's of Franny Info. Josephine of Franny Info. My okay. last name is Kenny. There you go. Oh, there it is. Uh, <laughs> the jig out. is up. The jig is up. Um, we are here in Roxbury, New York. We actually um, came to this uh, amazing motel, the Roxbury Motel. Um, it's uh, themed suites. Um, it's totally fantastic. Um, I'll probably throw some of the photos into this video at certain points. Um, I'm going to get some stuff around the property as well. But uh, we actually come here almost a year ago. Yeah. About a year ago. And uh, converged here with uh, two other artists and did a photo shoot. And uh, actually, we started the new year with three covers. It was one of you from that session, one of Kitty Crystal, and what, what name is she going by now? Um, Cameron Rogers. Cameron Rogers, okay. Cam, Cam for now. On Cam Instagram. for now is her Instagram, yeah. Okay. So uh, we converged here and had like a just a creative summit, if you will, and it was really, it was good on a lot of levels, and it was the sort of thing where um, I knew I wanted to come back, and just within the last, not even like the last week, it was like four days ago, I, I sent uh, Josephine a message. I'm like, hey, I'm off for a couple of days. We should get together, maybe like shoot, but also do a sit down chat uh, and actually video record it because. We had gotten together, uh, you know, another time uh, to go over, like, some things photographic and business. And what was really um, noteworthy for me, what happened during it, is that when you, when you do this sort of thing, when you do photography of, of women, of models, um, pinup and alternative and fetish even, um, there's a lot of things that you learn that happen repeatedly, that you hear repeatedly, that when you get to talk with somebody else that does it, um, certain things really start to like become evident and clear, and the conversations that we had left me feeling uh, very positive. It was very uplifting to hear, you know, somebody else say the same things about the sessions and what it means for the clients, for the women that do them, and how, you know, how Josephine presented herself and how she felt about those sessions. I actually said at that point, this would be so great if somebody else could like just to hear us talking about this, you know, let somebody who's never done it before, who's thinking about it, who has anxiety about it, hear what we were talking about. It could do a world of good to help them conquer that fear and do something that, like we've experienced so many times for so many other people, do something that makes them appreciate themselves better, that helps them love themselves, basically. Um, gives them that, that, that feel good that they need to get rid of some of the things that society like thrusts upon us, and it's not just women. I mean, it happens to it happens to everybody. There's things that society does to us all that keeps us down. So, I had some time off. I sent Josephine a message. I was like, "Hey, I'm off. Let's get together." And we were very indecisive for like a couple of days about, you know, oh, I could come to your place. Oh, I could come to your place. And actually, two days ago, Josephine said, "Well, maybe if we could meet somewhere in the middle." And I'd actually started looking for some place to do just that. And as fate would have it, things aligned such that we decided, let's go back to the Roxbury. And here we are. We're in a great suite. We just got done a shoot. Josephine took off her makeup. Feels great. So she's, she's <laughs> you know, she's not one of those people that has to be like, you know, dressed to the nines. This is going to be very casual, us chatting. Um, we're going to really kind of like relive that conversation we had. Um, I think this is a good setup for it. So I'm going to ask you some questions. That way people can get to know about you a bit better. I mean, I know, I know lots about you by now. Um, how long have you been involved in photography? Well, I've been involved in photography probably since I was nine. 
realistically, I was when I first picked up a camera when I was nine. My dad was a freelance photographer for a period of time in the 70s in also, New York City. And so you had that background. Okay. He was very into it. And when I was a kid, he took me out shooting all the time. And I was hooked. And like, you know, before I was old enough to take a photo class. Do you remember what that first camera was? Uh, yes, it's an Olympus. It's a 35 millimeter old, uh, I think it's an O2. Oh, okay. I actually still have it and still shoot with it. That's a classic. Yeah. That was one of the... That was a model that was actually well regarded by the professional industry, if I recall and correctly. I still have it, and I still shoot with it. We also had a, an old speed graphics camera <gasps> that I still also have. You have that? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. Uh, I haven't used it in That's a classic like 10 press years. camera. I still have it. My grandfather used to shoot weddings. Uh, have you shot models with that yet? I have not yet. You gotta, oh, but you I have gotta to. Work it. I've been looking to buy one of those. Really? They're they're expensive anymore. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm not that is sitting like, in a cabinet at home. <laughs> dude, you gotta rip that out. Yeah. You gotta check that out. Oh, we should have a play date with it. It'll be fun. Oh my god, yeah. And I think it has a Polaroid back as well. <sighs> ah, you know, we're fun. <laughs> Awesome. So awesome. I did that, and then I, you know, by the time I made it to high school, all I wanted to do was take photo classes, and I got into that. I went to college for photography. Oh, okay. I, like, you know, graduated with a whole nine. degree in art. Which, which college was it? Uh, SUNY Albany. Okay. So that was fun. I liked it. Had a really great teacher, Phyllis Galumbo. Uh She was wonderful. And... I was hooked, and I got out of school, and I was, you know, working at Starbucks, and managed to meet one model who, you know, I, of course, at that time was just trying to find anyone who would let me take their picture. I was like, hi, I like you. Let me take your picture. Um, and I hooked up with one girl who was very into the pinup scene, and it was like, it was a moment. It was, I don't know. She changed my life. It was great. Uh, we got real into it. She and I took tons of pictures, I think, every weekend. I got her over to my house and was shooting her, and it kind of, like, Franny and Foe developed because I was shooting all the time, and I used to go out and try and find models to shoot because nobody knew who I was. I wasn't on the internet. And it really just kind of evolved very organically into this whole thing where I, you know, suddenly had all these people coming to me after they saw the pictures that I'd done mainly with her, and then I kind of branched out, found other models on Model Mayhem. Oh, my God. I remember my Yeah. <laughs> I think it still exists, but I'm uh, not yeah, really in sure. Some kind of strange form, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I think I think prior to uh, like Facebook really becoming such so much the the you know the mouthpiece of social media, um, that was where I contacted most people for Retro Lovely. Like when we got started, like as far mm -hmm. as like reaching out to photographers, it was through that. Yeah, in that fact, was... I think it was uh, one of the guys, um, Joe um, from East Coast Pinups. Okay. He has our original conversations that were honestly, I think they began in November of 2009, so like 10 years ago. Yeah. Around this time is when that all started to like happen on that on that you know that that platform. Yeah, it was that was where I, everybody, yeah. that's where I found models back then. And you know, it was like, oh, there's this place I can it's a social networking site for models and photographers and makeup artists. It mm -hmm. was perfect, and so I you know ended up hooking up with a lot of people through that. Kind of around the time Franny Info started, I used to just shoot as me I wasn't I didn't have a cool name <laughs> but other people had a cool name so. where, where did Franny and Phil come from you told me once uh, so Franny is my grandmother and she was a lady that would never leave the house without a girdle on and she passed away when I was very young like five but I don't know everyone had great names and I my name is fun I like Josephine Josephine Kenny is okay but it wasn't like fun and kitschy and you know Viva Van Story has a kitschy name and Cat Attack Photography has a kitschy name and I wanted a cute kitschy name and so I came up with Franny and Foe because the Foe part was at the time I was shooting a lot of sets with two girls and someone was always getting tied up. Ah. So, there's the Foe. There it is. There it is. <laughs> well, it's good, too, because it's it's not like anything else. Yeah. There's, there's no one else that has something that you even think of as like being close to that. So kudos on that. Thanks. It seems like it's worked out nicely. It's fun. It, it, it is really, it has been very nice and it's, I don't know. It blossomed into its own thing, and I love it. It's definitely different from what it used to be, and that's okay. We've evolved. Oh, it's always it's ever changing. Um, from from that conversation we had a couple of months ago, or was that a year more than a year ago? I don't even remember. It when was that a little was. more than a year it ago. Than, okay, yeah. it was the summer before we came here. Okay, mm -hmm. um, I remember one of the things that we were talking about um, was really the patterns that we had noticed with you know women, the clients. Um, as far as how so many of them are like, 
their own worst enemy when it comes to like trying something like this. And what really impressed me was as we were talking about this, like it seemed to me like when, when you do your shoot, and you can correct me, or you can tell me if, if it's like something different, but it almost seems like it's less of a, you know, classic structured thing where like, you know, they come to the studio and you, you talk to them a little bit about the session and you take some photos and that's it. It really seemed to me like what you described was, you know, almost like a girl's night out. Like you guys like hang out and you chat and you, it's not like a rush thing. And it's, it's really a sort of situation where you're, you're creating with this person almost as if, you know, you were both artists. They just happen to have never done it before. Yeah. Well, it's, I like to tell girls that it's like playing dress up because in reality it's, you know, I shoot out of my home most of the time. I go other places and shoot too, but my home studio is in my house. And I think it's really important to make people feel comfortable and make people feel welcome. And I do hair, I do makeup, I do all the hair and makeup for my shoots. Occasionally I have somebody come in, but most of the time it's just me and it gives me a lot of time to chat with the ladies, make them feel comfortable, make them loosen up a little bit. Cause you're kind of, you're there, you're talking, you've established a rapport and I think it's really important to find out what someone is looking for in a shoot and they don't always know what they're looking for. Mm. But I think it's really important to like follow that path and figure out what it is you want from your pictures. And I want to give that to you because obviously I want you to feel the best that you feel and I want to do with you what you want to do. I don't want to take pictures that are just for me. They're for you. Right. That's an important thing because there are those artists who it's almost as if they want people to hire them to create the work that they want to do. Right. Not necessarily what the client wants. No, I want to do what them. Right. I want to do what you want to do. <laughs> I think it's really important. Interesting thing too, like now this is just me like thinking about like your work, right? Um and this is like probably like the highest compliment I can pay somebody, but like if I look at something and I and I really study it and I fall in love with it, I think, man, I wish I took that, right? And you have a lot of photos that, like I say, I wish I took that, okay? okay? That said, to some of these, you know, people that come to you that think about, like, they want to do a shoot, do you feel that any of them get maybe intimidated by that? Do you ever get a sense that some of them feel that you are, like, unapproachable or, like, you're, like, in another realm where, like, you couldn't possibly be a regular person and they couldn't possibly relate to you? Because, I mean, the thing is, like, I contrast it to, like, even when we're just like bullshit and talking about stuff, it's it's matter of fact. It's it's never pretentious. It's you know you're a regular person. You're very um, approachable. You know you're not aloof. You're not like in some other plane. And I wonder like if some of these people see your work. You know do you, do you ever get that? Do you ever get that where they like they're they're surprised by what they actually experienced versus what they thought? Yes, uh, I'm I'm better at putting out that I actually you know, do photo shoots now. For a long time, I just put out my work and put out my work and put out my work and never put out the fact that you could hire me to shoot you too. That was like, it never really occurred to me. I was just excited that people were interested in looking at my work and that was before I was doing this full time. So it wasn't, you know, a necessity. It was something that I loved doing and I wanted to do. And I've had several people that were like, I was afraid to contact you. But as time has progressed and I put it out more and more, I get probably about I would say like 60 to 70 percent of people that I shoot are people that are recommended to me by other girls that I've Which shot. Which is a big plus yeah. It's great yeah. because they're people that have come they've worked with me and you know everybody is they're comfortable with me they tell their friends they say hey you should go do this it's super fun and it makes it I think that group of girls that comes in are a little more relaxed about it and it's right. more comfortable. Well, yeah if them. you have somebody you know in common and they say oh yeah it was great that's that's huge. Yeah, and that's like there's there's no amount of you saying that yourself on a website or wherever. No, that can make that it's, happen. It's the power of like that personal referral. Yeah, but word of mouth is probably the yeah. main way I get photos, like you know, get clients these days because I shoot somebody and then all of her girlfriends want to come and they love it. Right. Now speaking of that right there, because this is something that I've experienced sometimes, um, and this is this is something that like I'll tell anybody and like. You know what, if you're a photographer and you have a problem with like somebody bringing like a friend or an escort or something, um, it, even if it's them in like in another room someplace, I generally find if, you know, some woman, some girl wants to come and do a shoot and she wants to bring one of her girlfriends along for support, 
I love that to death because nine times out of ten, that person that came ends up saying like, oh my God, this was so much fun. I want to do this mm-hmm. too. It's almost like a contagious oh, totally. s- sort of thing where spontaneously they become a prospect, another client. Yeah, and I feel like it makes the girls much more comfortable. I'm always an advocate for if you want to bring somebody, that's fine. I am not going to stop you. I've had people bring their mother before, and that's fine. If that's what makes you comfortable, I'm totally okay with that. And, like, I'll tell you what. Sometimes um, I will I will in the same breath say to some people, there, there are instances where the person that's with them can be counterproductive. Yes. And sometimes you have to say to them, you know... You, it's being kind of like we had um, we had done a shoot at an airport once and uh, a woman, her husband and the husband, like, you know, great guy, very supportive of the wife. But I could tell that she was so focused on what he thought mm-hmm. that it was interrupting her just being at ease, doing well. Yeah. You know, it was it was a little counterproductive. Like there's one point where like she asked him to get like some piece of wardrobe that she left in the dressing room. And in the time that he had, he had gone to get it. We continued working, and she transformed. She was like a different person because she didn't have that. She wasn't trying to please him or wasn't worried about what he was thinking. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes if you have somebody like that, occasionally you might have to say, you know, maybe you don't have to be like right here on top of them while they're right. doing this. Maybe move you hang, hang out in the other room for yeah. a little bit. And we'll because they're, they're self-conscious about you being here. Mm-hmm. You know, so as long as you can have that dialogue, I think that's what that works out really good. Now... This evening, we've been talking about some of your um, nudie parties where you girls all get together and take nudie, off clothes and take, <laughs> take pole words of each other. Um, in general, when you when you do shoots, um, do you do do you, how many how many girls will you work with in a day? Like, what's what's the most number that you've actually worked with at the same time on a given day? Do you do a thing where you have like four or five at a time? Or? I've done four or five at a time when I've done like, you know, I've traveled and I've gone up to Canada and I did like group shoots up there. Most of the time at my house I shoot, I'll usually do like one girl, but sometimes I'll do like, I've had like a group of girls come and so I'll do like three girls. Most of the time I do the hair and makeup and so it takes a little longer so if I'm a, okay. doing all of them. Great. Um, and I've had girls who come in and help me do hair and makeup in situations where I have a bunch of girls, but a lot of the time I will shoot kind of more on a one-on-one because I feel like I get better results that way unless it's like you know you and your friend want to come book a shoot and then they come in and I do both of you and it's but it's still very relaxed and you know right right personal well that's good yeah I was curious about it I, I, I think we talked about it briefly because I was even trying to get you to come down to Pottsville to uh, you know my, I just my gotta get a hair and makeup girl to come with me Right, right. Because <laughs> I can't, it's tough to oh, it's do. It's a timing thing, yeah. Yeah, it's, it takes too much time to do. If I want to do like five girls in a day, I right. don't have the time to shoot things. Well, I, I've seen a lot of shops where it's like the one person doing everything where they do that, where if they've got like some great theme or some great location that they're at or, or concept, um, they, they bring in the other makeup artists just so that they can actually, you know, get that get that number of people in that, mm-hmm. that particular day to, to take advantage of whatever it is that they're doing. Um, let me just check this right here. Make sure it's still working. Okay. It's just timed out. I got worried that it was like not recording anymore. Oh, that's fair. Um, this is, this is my first time doing this. So it's not high tech. It's not, you know, super fancy. We just got a couple lights and that's about it. And two cameras and a recorder. So I apologize. It's fancy to me. But it's real. It's really real. We just got done. We're, we're sitting here and, uh, um, real casual. So, of all the shoots that you've ever done, what's been your most favorite? What's what's your, what's your what gets you excited? What's your wheelhouse? I mean, you got you get a lot of girls that come to you that that apparently want to do like the kind of work that like I just look at it and go, wow, that's awesome. Like, you know, we've had this discussion where as a guy doing this it's a completely different playing field as far as like how how it works like the things that can that you know people feel comfortable with mm-hmm. you know uh, guys in this kind of thing have an uphill battle because there are unfortunately plenty of people that do unsavory things and do things that are like shitty oh yeah so it's like you know you, you have a, a bit of that advantage but like it's, at least it seems um, you get a lot of girls that like really want to do some like sexy work yeah, I think, I don't know, 
I have discovered over time, and I don't know how it happens, and it doesn't always start like going into the shoot being like, hey, we're going to do taboo things, but I have a lot of girls that are very comfortable with me, and I'm, I'm disarmingly awkward. And so <laughs> I think, you know, if girls are into doing that, it, it like open to the idea and maybe not thinking they're going in to do it, but open to the idea of doing nudity. I'm very open to doing that. I think it's fun. I'm like all about, you know, I never want to make people uncomfortable. I never want to push you outside your comfort level. I want you to be as comfortable as you are. But if you want to do something that's, you know, a little topless, I think that's okay too. I think it's fun. I don't know. I like it. I like making ladies feel luscious. That's like, that's what I do. And sometimes I can just find the moments where they feel luscious and, I think I surprise ladies from time to time with how saucy they end up looking I, in their photos. <laughs> you can you can see it in the finished product. Like you can see it in the the proof is in the pudding. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff that like I see when I look at it, I think. And I'll tell you, it's, it almost reminds me of um, one of my favorite photographers, is Helmut Newton. And the thing that I loved about his work, he was one of the first photographers that the women looked like they were in control, like they were empowered. And in your images, the women. Even if it's like their first time doing that, they sure don't look nervous about it. They sure don't look submissive about it. They look like they're in control. Well, that's they are. It's yeah. all about them. It's definitely all about that. That's one of my big things that I, you know, as a lady, I like to feel empowered and I like to be able to pass that on to other women. And like, I think that it's a really great vessel to do that. You have this ability to make women feel like absolutely outstanding about themselves and like, you know, you hang out with me for a while. I do your hair, your makeup, I butter you up a little bit. And I think it's the greatest thing on earth to like make women feel great. And it shows. It's like one of those things that once you're comfortable and, you know, you feel a little saucy, you got your hair done, your makeup done, you're like, you're feeling good. And I think, I don't really know how I do it. I think it's because I'm really awkward. <laughs> it, it, it disarms them. I think like, it, I think like, wow, it she's disarms really, She's really awkward. Right. So it's like, this is, yeah, I could do this. And a lot of ladies have seen pictures that I've taken and like, this Josephine is not the same Josephine that just got her picture taken. I am. I'm the same person. But like, you know, you do a little hair, you do a little makeup, you put on fake eyelashes and you can take over the world. So it's, I don't know. But I think they come and they see me as just me. And they're like, oh, I can do that kind of stuff, too. Now, I'm curious, too, like what you just said right there, um, seeing. Do you, do you, as you shoot, do you um, show them some previews of what, what's oh, yeah. actually occurring? And because one of the things, like, I think you touched upon right there is, like, as soon as they get their hair and makeup done and they see themselves, it ramps them up to a, to a level. And then, like, even today when we were shooting, we're talking about, like, angles and shadows and all, all, the, all the standard, you know, tools in the tool shed. Um, the same thing. It's like when you catch them in an angle that everything's firing on all cylinders and then you show them that, that just gets them even further down okay. the road of, of comfort, of feeling like, wow, look at me. And I always start shoots by, I take a couple pictures and I'll do my lighting tests. But once I get one that I like, you know, a lighting test shot, I'll show them and I'll be like, this is what you look like. Mm -hmm. And the general reaction is, oh, and they're like, yeah. And I also, I shoot Polaroids while I shoot. I always shoot Polaroids at every photo shoot because it's like instant gratification. Mm -hmm. You can see you looking fabulous right mm -hmm. away. And I think that's really nice. I like to send girls home with them because it's like, it's a little goodie bag item. Oh, absolutely. And I think yeah. it's really nice, but it's, it totally helps with self-confidence because I think people are like so surprised that, wow, even on film, I look pretty fabulous. Mm -hmm. So I think that helps. I don't know. I like making everyone feel comfortable and I really like being able to pass that over and be like, here, look, you're glorious. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out. I think it's fun. Now, you also have worked with, you have you know people you've worked with several times. How does the dynamic change over time, like from that first session to like the fifth session? They get much more comfortable. Okay. And they open up and they loosen up. Uh, I recently shot a girl for her second session and we'd shot once before it. She's super cute. We took really great photos. I love the photos from the first session. I shot her in the second session, and she was like, it is so much easier the second time. And I was like, yeah, you got over the fact that you're in your underwear in front of this weird girl who's taking your photo. <laughs> uh, and I think that it really, the more you work with someone, I think the more you have a rapport and the more you know what they're doing, and you know right. they know what you're doing, and you really relax each other. And well, I like a great, a great for instance, like, okay, so we've known each other for a while. Yes. We first did some photos a year and a half ago, two years ago? No. We first did some photos oh, about way like back. 
eight years ago. That's right. Seven years ago. I photographed you in your underwear shooting another girl in her underwear. Yep. That's right. Yep. I should dig up some of that footage. (laughs) That's forever ago. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so so there was a gap, and we probably shot like four or five times now. Yeah, probably. But even even then, like even though we've known each other like in in another capacity... That you're a photographer having another photographer take your photos. It's a little weird initially, but like the same thing holds true. It's like now it's almost like it's almost like we're we're thinking like the same things and like looking at the same things and like it's organic. It's not like even like so much like a lot of like discussion. There's a lot it's just it just happens. It's like you you know, you kinda know the general process and you try stuff out. And I think you get a feel for what the other likes and what the other person is looking for. And like, you know, we happen to have similar tastes and styles and things we like to shoot and things we, you know, right. things that get our goats going like lamps. Lamps and front, <laughs> yeah, front oh. wallpaper. Oh, the good stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it's fun, you know, with girls that I shoot, there are different things that I know that certain girls like certain things. And so I'll definitely steer, you know, we'll do shoots that are more based around We'll say what gets them yeah. whatever they're really into and right. I think it it helps it helps to give that back and I think it's you know really I like it you get better results if you're doing things that someone's super stoked about oh yeah you're gonna get way better oh, yeah. results than something that you know someone's kind of like oh well I'm not really sure and absolutely like if it's if it's if it's work and drudgery it just shows oh yeah like as soon as as soon as a person's not into it it's done Oh, it's totally done. It's done. And, you know, you don't... I never want to push someone there. I want them to either get to where they want to go, not cross over the line. Right, right. And that's that's part of it. Like, I think think by approaching it that way, and at least in my own experiences, um, it's the thing that makes it somewhat addictive for some people. Like, Mm -hmm. I've had plenty of people that, like, get so into it that I actually have said this many times, that, like, for me at least in the studio, I don't think it's... It's it's less about the photos as it is about the it's experience. The experience, right? Yeah, it's I have the feel good and the whole the rush of the process. And it's like a spa day, right? What are you exactly. gonna do? You're gonna go hang out. You're gonna get your hair done, your makeup done. Someone's gonna take pictures, so you look fabulous, and the whole thing makes you feel really good. Right. And I'm I'm very grateful for many women who have left my house who tell me how wonderful I made them feel. And then they go home to whoever they're going home to, even if it's just themselves, or their husbands, or their boyfriends, or their girlfriends, and they're like. I feel so good. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I, they noticed how good I felt. Like, right, right. you know, it radiates off of you. And I think that's great. I want to make you feel as good about yourself as you would, can. Would you, would you say you've experienced some of those people that it's been transformative for them? Like, I've oh, yeah. I've had a number of, of, of people that have come to my city and, like, you see them from when they first shot till, like, today. And, like, we've even had situations at, like, some of the events where you meet the significant other and they, like, actually thank you for, like, what happened. Yeah. Because they the a common a common occurrence is a lot of people if they have somebody special in their lives and that person is like I think you're you're the most attractive person in the world and I, I everything they can throw laurels at your feet all day long. You don't always believe it. You don't believe them because they're supposed to be that supportive person. But when it's an external affirmation when you when you can see yourself that way and you feel good about it and like and then you know if you if you share some of those images to strangers and you get that that positive feedback then you start to realize, like, no, well, they're not just being nice to me. Other people agree. And yeah. I see it myself now, too. And, like, that can be, like, that that turning point where it really restores confidence and self-esteem. It does. That they got, like, beaten out of them for whatever reason. Oh, it totally does. And I think that, you know, I, I think that we need that, particularly in this day and age where everybody's telling you that, you know, whatever you're doing is wrong and you're supposed to look whatever way you don't look. And, you know, I think it's really important to have that affirmation and have somebody who kind of is there to be like, no, you can, no matter who you are, you are fabulous. Right. In your own way. In your own way. Everyone's got their own way. Everybody is a different person. Nobody is the cookie cutter. That's just how it goes. It's like we just had a little bit of a conversation earlier where we're talking about, I don't know what you were complaining about yourself, like your butt or something, or I don't know what. Probably. And... It's that fascinating thing where so often uh, people possess attributes that other people like think are is the most beautiful thing or like hold in high regard mm-hmm. and yet they don't value it. And it's like that pity of like being disconnected. And like sometimes I'll meet people and like, you know, they they might be like what society would deem as like average looking, but their personality puts them over the top 
as far as attractiveness, you know, because they have that confidence because yeah. they love themselves and they're, per they're comfortable in their own skin. Like that transforms them. And it's amazing to see that sort of thing. Oh, it's wonderful. And it's amazing to see that some people can actually acquire, that they can actually find their way to getting that. It's, 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 it's really cool. It's really fun to watch, and it's fun to watch, and there's some of the reels that I have shot for, you know, almost a decade. And I they come back, and I love it, and it's great. And I recently shot one girl. This wow. is you when you were, like, a baby learning how to model, and, like, you're a fox. Like, it's so, it's really cool, and it's fun, you know, when girls come back, is you watch them blossom, is you watch them really, like, come out of their shell and turn into these really fabulous models that, you know... And they're, you know, they're comfortable with you. They're used to you. And they really open up and they become incredible models. It's really very cool to see. And I, I love watching it. it. You know, it's happened with a lot of girls. One, Julissa, who I've shot 8,000 times. And she's one that I have pictures of her from her first photo shoot. And, you know, she's a baby. She's so <laughs> cute. And, and now, like, you get a camera in front of her and she's like, oh, pose, pose, pose. Right. And you're like, oh, my God, right. it's incredible. Right. It's really, it's very fun to watch. And it always, I don't know, it makes me feel really good. It makes me feel great to see this development. And I've developed as a photographer over all these years. And so, like, you know, I've grown, they've grown. It's its really cool. I like it. <laughs> oh. Now, a little bit of a sideways thing, because you mentioned this a second ago with regards to when you said about, like, shoots. Um, and you've done some things out of the area. You've gone to other countries for that matter to do some sessions where, where all have you gone to actually photograph uh i have photographed in canada which was super fun i went up to one girl's house and got a ton of girls i think i drove up on a friday shot saturday shot sunday drove home it's a good weekend a lot of driving um i've shot out in las vegas coincidentally one of my favorite Canadians. Oh, really? And I, we were both going to be at a music festival in Las Vegas. And so, obviously, I was like, oh, you're going to be there. I'm going to yeah. be there. Let's take pictures. Um, I don't know. I've just traveled. I've done, like, shoots in New Jersey, and I've done shoots. I do a lot of stuff around New York. Okay. Not necessarily just I am based out of Kingston, New York. And so, there's, like, a big, wide yeah. perimeter that I will travel to. And, you know, I have girls that I have shot a couple of times and they've invited me to their homes. A couple of girls I know have really great mid-century homes. Oh, and cool. so, yeah, it's fun. That's and so cool. I've gone and I've shot there. I don't know. Have camera, will travel. Uh, <laughs> lately, it's I'm able to go a little bit further because it just got a new car and so I can travel again. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> there was a couple of years there where I kind of had to take a break from traveling because my vehicle couldn't make it and I was limping it along. But, you know, Connecticut, Massachusetts. Like, I do a lot of... New England area because it's there. I recently went up to Maine. Oh, wow. Which was super fun. Yeah, a, a friend of mine um, who I've been friends with for a long time. I met him through, like, the custom car culture. And he lives up in Maine. His girlfriend is really into pinup stuff. And he had brought her down and bought her a shoot for her birthday. And then... She posted a picture of her plant corner. I was like, that is a beautiful corner of plants. <laughs> and I was like, we should take pictures in that corner of plants. Uh, and so I went up there and I shot her and their plants. And you invited yourself. Uh, a little bit, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I did, I did. I got to sleep on the couch with the dog. I was really excited. <laughs> uh, but it was great. And I went up there and I got a couple girls up from Maine. And now I have a little more interest in Maine. I've gotten a bunch of you know, emails from ladies who oh, want me to go back to Maine. Excellent. So maybe excellent. after the winter, I'll make it back up to Maine. I'm pretty sure it's covered in snow already. Well, you know, and since you got the, the, the more capable vehicle, there's nothing stopping you. I know. So like, I'm rain or shine. Roll, roll out the map and like just sort of throw a dart on there and say, I'm going to conquer that. And I would like to. I would like to definitely shoot more things out in the Southwest. Oh, yeah. Oh, I want to do that Route 66 thing. I wanna, it's I fun. I've, I've driven on Route 66 and I've done like, you know, I've gone out to the West, but I haven't really shot a lot. I shot in the Red Rocks Canyon outside of Las Vegas uh, with my favorite Canadian. That was so fun. We had a great time. Um, <laughs> it was hot. It was in August. She might have burned her feet a little bit, wow. but she was a very good sport. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm very open to traveling and would like to do more traveling for photos because why not? I'll tell you what, like the couple times I've ventured out, like I've gone to, I actually went to New Orleans and I just, I was going to do it like as a vacation and I mm -hmm. put it out that I was going to shoot and I actually had some 
some uh, clients that have become good friends joined me in New Orleans. That's so cool. They actually stayed at the, at the Airbnb that I was at, which was like this great, it was like a little castle. I think amazing. I saw some of those pictures. They were beautiful. Yeah, but we went out to the one plantation that was uh, uh, part of Interview the Vampire was filmed there. They actually, they, they, they'll host weddings. So like, okay. they're very cool and liberal with their photo policies. Because as you know, there's some places you go and it's like, you dare not photograph in their, their, no. their space. No. Um, but they were totally cool about that. And like, you know, I made it to there. Um, I did something in West Virginia recently. I mean, I've, I've been around like a couple different places. And it's like, I like the travel as well. I like sightseeing, I like seeing yeah. parts of the country, especially if you can get off the beaten path, especially if you're like looking for like, you know, like the lost gems and the treasures from the mid-century era that oh. that still exist. And there are a lot of them out there, you know. Like Thank I'm, God. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I, I really, I'm really into traveling. I think it's a lot of fun. You just get to explore new places and go new places. And I don't know. Part of me always wants to grab somebody and just take a road trip across the country and shoot everywhere. Yes. That's, yes. That's a dream. I'm available if it's, you know. I, hey, I'm into that. I, you know, let's go. All right. Huh. You're on. <laughs> um, so... Of everything that you've done photographically, what have been? I don't want. I don't want to like say that there are horror stories, but like what? What have been like the things about this particular type of photography that leave a bad taste in your mouth? Like what things you would, do you wish you could change if you could change anything? What would you? What would you like? Kind of like pull into line a little bit better. I think one of the things that I would like to change is the weird stigma that surrounds this type of photography. Uh, I feel like, you know, particularly I come from, I would say, a heavy art background. I, like, you know, went to school for art, did lots of internships at fancy art places, and, like, I took pictures of scantily clad women, and so that was, like, not art. Hmm. And that's weird, because you're putting in all the effort, and you're doing all the same things, it's art. Uh, I feel like that's one of the things that always has really bothered me is like I know I stopped submitting things there's like you know oh we'll enter our photo contest and do this yeah. and like you know and there are places that I worked at for many many years and always submitted my portfolio and always got it back being like nice job and you're like you're gonna pick landscapes great and that's you know that's okay landscapes are fine if that's your thing but you know I feel like I feel like pinup and boudoir kind of photography gets a little bit swept under the rug in a way where it shouldn't nece- necessarily get discredited just because it's, it's dismissed yeah it's yeah. dismissed and it's not really thought of as art because you use ladies as subjects which is very weird if you think about what art has been based off of for you oh know God, yeah. thousands of years and i think it's really ironic too because now more than ever in this particular iteration of this you know of, of why what's driving it yeah it's not being driven by like men's magazines needing the images for like the calendars or the books or this or that it's because the women themselves want it yeah and that's that's one of the things that i think that's amazing about it yeah and i've come up against a lot of grief from other women actually uh about how i am exploiting ladies because i am taking their pictures and you know, like I entered, You're stealing their souls. I'm stealing their souls, and there's a lot of that where people are like, "How can you exploit these girls like this?" And I'm like, "But I'm not." They come to me and ask me to take their picture, they and this them. is yeah. this is an empowering situation. It's not something where I'm exploiting anybody. I'm trying to make you feel fabulous about yourself and better about yourself. And I think the girls get it, and sometimes the people looking in don't. And it's interesting because. I get a lot of bit of grief from, we'll say the older feminist crowd is a group that isn't really into it. And mm. so I like to say. That's interesting. You you burned your bras so we could wear them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> you know, but it's true, though, because it's and I am, you know, I'm very fortunate that like, you know, my mother is she's not, as you know, as young as she used to be, but she's very supportive of what I'm doing. And she comes from a generation that. Most of the people around her are not as supportive, and she is very supportive of what I'm doing. And she thinks it's so fun, and she thinks it's great, because all these ladies feel so good. And, like, you know, she shows my pictures to all of her friends, who I then think are mildly mortified by it. But it's it's nice that some people get it, and they realize that it's not necessarily about, you know, oh, it's pictures of half-naked women. Yeah. It's 
about making women feel really great about themselves. And I don't know. I feel like that's lost on a lot of people who look in on it. And I don't know. I just think that just the whole genre kind of gets swept under the rug a bit in that way where people discredit it for being late. Yeah. Cause I've, I've, I know I've, I've, when I've approached different like, uh, properties, let's say, or venues about doing photo shoots, like be it an amazing old motel or whatever. Um, and you do the right thing and you want to like get permission, Can I get permission. Can we do this? And there have been those instances where you say pin up, and you might as well have said, like, we want to make a snuff film right. on your property or pornography. They just have a, a negative connotation about it. That I think that pinup is pornography, and it's, it's not. Well, you know, it's it's like anything else. It's like everybody has their own definition of what that is. It's 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 hard to actually, like, pinpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the thing, I think. It's, it's, it's more swept into that by some people, or a lot of people, unfortunately, than... Than you would think. Yeah, it's actually kind of surprising. Like I didn't think it was as bad as it as it is in some cases. No, it definitely it is it is worse than I thought. Yeah, but we keep trudging forward. <laughs> What's well, the same thing with like tattoos? Even I yeah, mean, like I never knew how polarized some people were with tattoos. Oh, very. I like I, I never that won't even I never knew like some viewed it as like you should just be put down. You should just be put out of your misery. That's, you know, God's temple. You shouldn't have that. Yeah, there are know. cemeteries you cannot be buried in if you have tattoos. Seriously? Yeah. I know that. That is like a thing. Really? Yeah. Uh, I know, I think there are different religious groups that are very anti-tattoo. Interesting. I had a very close family friend who was Mormon, and uh, he ended up getting a big old tattoo on his stomach, and he unfortunately passed away in a motorcycle accident when he was very young. And all of his brothers ended up, even though it was, like, against their religion, he, they all went out and got the same tattoo because, you know. And I think their mom was okay with it. I think she'd had a tough time when the first one got it. And then eh, the other ones, it was okay because it was Solid for therapy. him. Yeah. Right. But it's definitely it's something that yeah, people aren't so into. Anyway. <laughs> Subject. Different worlds. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's just it's just part of that whole thing of saying like there's different levels of what people find socially acceptable, mm-hmm. you know, and, it, and it's not just what a woman decides to do with her body in a photo for herself or for her you know uh, significant other, or if it's a person getting tattooed. It's like all, any any choices that people make that don't affect anybody else. People get upset about. When them. other people want to weigh in on that, it gets into like territory that I just can't like really put my head around Mm-mm. you know because I'm I'm always been very much like well live and let live do what you want to do as long as it doesn't affect anybody else right as long as you're not hurting if other not people openly like if it's something that's possibly let's say inappropriate I think if, if as a society we could agree it's inappropriate for young people under a certain age it should be kept in its own place right like you know, you wouldn't imagine people that go to a fetish club and some of the clothing that they wear to just show up at McDonald's, right? It's not the right form for it. It's not the, you know, it's more of a public form than what would go on in those other places that you are perfectly entitled to and, and you know, supported to go and do your own thing. Yeah. You know, that you can is awesome. Don't necessarily just shove it down everybody else's throat. Right, but like if somebody shows up in you know McDonald's in a latex dress, you shouldn't have a heart attack about it. It's no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't die over that. But if no. if your genitals were exposed and right, right, there's you've just gotten like money stapled to that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's levels of right. acceptability. Yeah. I understand that. And it's it's a floating curve. I mean, through time, like what is acceptable today versus fifty years ago is like an entirely different thing too. Which is really weird if you think about what's on like. You know, the issues with social media now and censorship, but on the other hand, things like music videos and the music and how graphic those things have become. I feel like that kind of stuff and what happens on TV is very graphic and very out there, except the retaliation is, oh, no, you can't have a lady in a bathing suit on the Internet unless you're Playboy. Isn't that so weird? Yeah. 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 It's super weird. It doesn't make any sense because we've gotten like real loosey goosey in some aspects and other aspects. If if I watch regular TV, because I I don't really watch TV, but if I see like regular available to everybody TV, I see and hear some things and I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. Well, you think about the music that some like, you know, little kids sing and dance to. And you're like, oh, oh, oh. I don't know if that's appropriate. Uh, but, you know, 
that's the way it goes, I suppose. It's it's interesting that we've been we've been very desensitized. Yeah. But there's this like backlash going on at the same time. A serious like puritanical state in another capacity. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. very strange, and I you know I I know it inhibits the things that I like feel like I need to put out there or should put out there and I'm like oh I don't know if I can put this out there will this get me in trouble and will all my things get suspended or deleted and right. you know you don't want to do that either because that's how I make a living and that's that's other conversations we've had where how in the last five years things have changed so dramatically with what a person is able to do in the public space because of the corporate control over that space. You know, the fact that institutions like Facebook and their, you know, minions, Instagram and whatever else they own, but how so many of these platforms are like really seemingly pulling up the stakes, like, like, like almost like the, the liberties that once were enjoyed there are like vanishing. Yeah. You're not allowed to have them anymore. Like it's, Tumblr it's, barely even, I don't even know if it really exists anymore. I had a Tumblr page. It it's was, been, it's been pretty much killed. Shut yeah. down. <laughs> uh, you can look it up now. Think, and now it says this page has inappropriate content yeah. and you can't look at and it. And I think, I think the writings on the wall for Twitter too. Like if I'm not mistaken, I've read some things that it seems like they're going to be going down that road as well. Really? You know, so a lot of those people that like use it as their vehicle to advertise, yeah. you know, what they do. Um, I think it's going to be like a dicey situation coming up. Huh. I feel like they should work on censoring other things on Twitter, but that's my own personal opinion. Not necessarily the right. nudity stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> but bottom line is it all comes down to money. Yeah. You know, these, these companies are about money and for advertisers, which drive the whole thing, you know, they need to do what they're doing to kind of like, well, those people that are spending the money that's keeping their lights on and keeping the, the money going into their stocks. Yeah. That's, and that's the that's the thing. That's everything the, that's is profit driven. Yeah. It's it's a little sad, but that is definitely the world we are living in these days. So photographically <laughs> a lighter note. <laughs> what's on your to do list? What's on your wish list? On my wish list? What 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 project or what thing do you want to do that you have been thinking about for a while, but you just haven't gotten around to it for whatever reason? Oh, man. I don't even know. Other than having a reliable vehicle. <laughs> that was a big one. Uh, I do really want to go out. One of my little my little dream road trips would be going through Utah. Utah is beautiful. I have a big, big soft spot for Utah. Uh, and I would really like to go kind of take one of my ladies and go for a trip out in Utah and do a lot of random desert things. I am in love with the desert, and I have done a lot of road trips through the desert. I do them all with my boyfriend, who does not want to model and wear cute outfits for me out in the desert, which is unfortunate. But uh, I would like to go back, and that's one of the things that I... That's my daydream, is probably just doing road trips out in the desert, stopping at, you know, Route 66 locations. It's yeah. not quite Utah, but, you know, going to Zion. I don't know if you've ever been to Zion National Park. It's no. in Utah. It's... Beautiful, beautiful. It, I, probably one of my favorite places I've ever been to on Earth. How would you describe it? What does it look like? What's the landscape? Uh, there is a whole lot of flat nothing, and then the land shoots upwards. Oh, really? It's so cool. Like I, One of the big things I like about the West is there is nothing, and then the land either just falls away or shoots up. Yeah. It's incredible. It's like- Oh, big, it's like exaggerated, yeah. It's, yeah, and you know, I feel like you live in the Northeast. In the Northeast, you have hills. We have hills, but we don't have mountains. We don't really have mountains. Yeah. You can, you can't really see vast distances. Like, occasionally you get like a spot, you're like, oh, that's a nice view. And that's really cool. There are some beautiful views that I get to see. But I feel like whenever I drive in the West, it's like, it's just, it's endless. It's epic. It's so epic. It's yeah. just like all those cowboy movies where they're riding along forever. And it's, it's oh, oh, I love it. Now, when you mentioned Utah, and I, I wish the place still existed as it was in this movie. Have you ever seen The Carnival of Lost Souls? No, but it sounds good. It was a very low-budget movie, but um, I won't even like, worry about the plot. But ultimately, this girl ends up, they filmed in Utah. And they filmed at this, it was like an old amusement park, but it had this huge building 
that was like a like a dance hall. Huh. And some of the final scenes occur. Well, some of the scenes throughout the movie occur there, but like the final scenes end up there as well too. But it's like such an amazing grand structure, and I was like at the edge of a lake that had like dried. And it was like amazing looking. It was kind of like what you described, like just that vast space. It's oh. in this this building, and uh, you should check it out. I think you dig it. Oh, it sounds like I. But would. like that stuff, kind of like calls to me too. Like like when when I said about the, like the Route sixty six thing. Mm-hmm. There's some of those those um, ge- geological um, features in the Southwest that are like surreal, almost like alien. Oh yeah, it looks like another world as far as like what we're used to in the in the Northeast. Well, even through like. Into Mississippi, there's hardly anything, you know, in in the entire East Coast into the like, central states that have that vastness and that that space and that desolation oh, in some cases. Yeah, I drove over the Rockies last year. Went on a road trip. Went over the Rockies, not for photos, just for fun. And it was that same kind of like feeling of just it's so massive and like so far away, but you can see everything and it. I don't know. It's really awe-inspiring, and I would really like to go back out and take more photos out there because I unfortunately traveled with my boyfriend. Not unfortunately. He's wonderful. I had a good time. But from I, a photographic standpoint. Right. From a photographic standpoint, I was like, yeah. man, I really wish I had a lady with me right now. <laughs> really wish I had a lady with me. I often find myself saying that now. <laughs> it's a joke. I could do me, but I don't like taking my own photo. It's not as much fun. No, I could totally relate that. I've... I have that problem. Like, if I, if I go to a museum, I don't know if I'm slow, but, like, I like to take a lot more of it in than most people, like, go with. All the times I've ever gone to, like, any museum, like, I seem like I'm, like, holding back mm-hmm. whoever I'm with. Like, they're done and ready to move on. Oh, I'm a reader of And things. I'm still, like, checking the stuff out and reading. And, like, we should go to museums together. Dude, right? We'd do well. Yeah. I'm totally into looking at all the things that the... I, I don't know. I like exploring, and I want to be able to... I've had some places I've gone back to multiple times because even on my own terms, I couldn't fit in everything I wanted to, like, see. Oh, no, no. Like, another... Well, a really good one that I saw was in New Orleans. It was the World War II Museum. Really? And I spent a couple hours there the last time I was down. Like, it wasn't enough. Like, I got to go back and, like, do it again to, like, reabsorb certain things and see some of the things in more detail than I I really captured. I love it. So, all right. So you're traveling. Um, talked about, well, horror stories. Have you had any, like, terrible experiences? I've had some not great experiences. I think I've been pretty fortunate and haven't had any, like, major horror stories. Good. You know, I think Good. I've been very fortunate in that. I've been, you know, I've been stood up and I've been... I don't that's also probably a lot to do with, like, how you handle those things. I bet you probably had some situations that, well, like, somebody else would call a horror story that, like, you roll, you roll with it. I am a roll with the punches kind yeah. of a gal. That yeah. is definitely a thing. And, you know, I don't know. I feel like there's no need to make things extra dramatic. Right. Things aren't going great. That's okay. Well, I think it's, a pre- like, a preparedness thing. I think you probably have an innate sense of like, well, these things can occur. So that if and when they do, you're not surprised. No. And you're I'm, somewhat prepared and you, you adapt to it. Yeah. And I've never been stuck in a situation where it's really like devastated me. So that's, you know, I've had cameras break in the middle of shoots and I've had all sorts of things go wrong and lenses go wrong and, you know, but they're all recoverable situations. And sometimes you're a little bit mortified and you're like, oh my God, all my equipment's breaking. This is fine. We're just going to keep going. I, I went to do a location shoot once and when I got there, I realized none of my light stands were in my car. Oh, that's so rough. That like, yeah. So the makeup artist doubled as a light stand. And it was a deal where like, there were some instances where you even saw me mm-hmm. earlier holding, holding a flash up. while I'm shooting with the other hand oh yeah so i mean you do what you gotta do yeah and you know i'm i am a you do what you gotta gotta do person that's like yeah sometimes you have to fix things up and it's not it's not perfect but if it works it works so i try not to have too many horror stories hopefully i don't have too many that's good that's good good um from an inspirational standpoint are there photographers by name because i mentioned helmut newton earlier and you had cognizance of who he was are there photographers by name that you 
hold in high regard that you you I don't want to say aspire to, but like who have in some way helped helped uh, keep you motivated, have helped you stay hungry. Definitely, uh, I think I don't know. It's wild now because of the internet and the internet. Like you, you know, when I was in school, I learned about photographers, and the photographer that I was obsessed with when I was in school was Joel Peter Whitkin. Obsessed. Uh, See, I gotta check him out. He does weird macabre. Things for a while. He uh, he went down to Mexico and did a lot of still lifes with autopsy John Doe's and things. He kind of got a little heat for that. But they're beautiful and they're these gorgeous and rich prints and they're incredible. And they're you know he did he worked all in black and white and they were you know he manipulated negatives and it was very tactile and I was obsessed with his work for a very long time, very long time, Um, and. I don't know. I like that kind of dark and seedy nature of it. And it was, his subject matter was absolutely fascinating. I don't think he had one that was like still life with foot. And it's like, you know, you've got all a cornucopia and you've got fruit and you've got a foot. And it's like, why? It was wild. Uh, And I, you know, really into his work. I know David LaChapelle's work has always been like, it's it's really grand and it's really fabulous. And I, I'm over the top about it always because, you know, I feel like that's like, oh, man, one day if I had budgets like that, right. I could do all these right. things. <laughs> um, yeah, the scale of those things are like, you just think about the logistics and it's like, holy shit. Yeah. And then I think, you know, now the Internet's out there. And so you're exposed to so many different people's work. And like it's, you know, I follow tons and tons of photographers on the Internet. And like, you know, one person whose work that I'm always... It kind of makes me giddy as Mandy Hicks. I love her work. Oh, see, I, I put you guys in the same, the booties. You guys are like the best butt photographers. I love butts. Like, you guys have this knack of, like, getting the butt shots in a way that's, like, just right on the money. Thank you. Get you low. do it on the East Coast. She's on the West Coast. I know. I want to go see her. You guys should, like, meet somewhere and, like, have a shoot with, like, some girls and, like, have, like, an alternate perspective on I want her to shoot me. Butt, <laughs> she would kill your butt, yeah. I know, I know. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, I I always, every time I see her work, I'm always like, oh, it's always, you know, I know it's her work and, and I'm tell you always what, um, blown away by it. Which is a kudos to the two of you. Whenever I talk to you or her, um, what I really appreciate is for as as accomplished as you've both become, you still have humility. There's no like, she doesn't have an ego. I don't ever get an ego out of you. It's it's nice when you know people are doing like work of that caliber, but they're still grounded. You know, oh stop. <laughs> Thanks. But no, you guys would probably hit it off. Oh, I think she's wonderful. We've chatted a little on the internet because okay, I've good. definitely been like. Hello. Yeah, I'll tell you what, like, I remember her work from, like, years ago, and it was good then, but, like, it's coming to, like, a whole other place, like, within the last few years. It's gorgeous. Like, I got, she sent me a copy of her calendar last year, and, like, she has some stuff, like, um, in some cemeteries out there that are gorgeous, and, like, I appreciated that the work that they did in the cemeteries wasn't um, disrespectful mm-hmm. of, you know, what the cemeteries are there for. Yeah. Um, but some of the images are just like so powerful and like their tonal range, like some of the more black and whites, I believe that were just like, it was just the kind of thing that stays with you, mm-hmm. you know? And it wasn't just the model. It wasn't just the setting. It was like everything that came together at that moment. It's the feel, it's the atmosphere. It's yeah. The and you're like, Oh, again, it's packaged. I wish I took that, you know, you're like, yeah, I wish I took uh, that there's photo. There's a lot of photos that she takes. So I wish yeah. I took that. It's definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. She'd shoot your butt good. I would love it. It's got lots of tattoos. Let's do it sometime. Woo. Awesome. <laughs> well, we should we should make that happen. I um, would be very into that. So who else? Anybody else that stands out? Oh, I don't know. Who else is there that I'm like really blown away by these days? I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of. I don't. I don't know if there's anyone else that I'm going to be able to call you know, up on spot. You know who I found recently that. I didn't know did as much photographically as they did. Um, the, the, the late actor Dennis Hopper. Yeah. I actually oh, got a one. I got a used book of his. Well, a used book of some of his photography, and like, he was amazing. There's so, in the same vein of unexpected photographers that I really like, King Buzzo of the Melvins. Ah, uh, yeah. 
Yep. King Buzzer loves the Melvins. Yeah, he shoots a lot of really awesome stuff. He shoots stuff while he's out touring on the road all the time. And, like, I don't know. I love them. They're, like, they're quirky and they're raw and they're these little snapshots. Yeah, you find them on Instagram. He's there. And I was, like, blown away. I was like, what is this, Buzzer? What are you doing? (laughs) And I'm really very pleasantly surprised and always really pleased to see his work. Like, it pops up and I'm like, wow. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Was, I'm always pleased. That, that, that's a great a great way to put it. Yeah. That's it, cool. I don't know. It was, it's awesome. I Fun little, you know, presence in unexpected places in life. So after about an hour of doing this, I think this accomplished what we needed to or what I wanted to. Um, real nice and casual, just conversational. So to that, I say thank you immensely. This was awesome. Like everything, not just, not just what we recorded, but like, you know, hooking up up here doing the shoot, hanging out, talking about shit, bullshitting, um, capturing this. Um, can't thank you enough, lady. Thank you so much for having me. I've had an absolute blast. And I'm sure we'll probably find our way here again. I hope we do. Because these guys are, like, just awesome and keep building more places that you have to come and see. I know. So to that, I thank you again, and we'll say goodnight. <laughs>